Hey, this is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz, and you are listening to Two Broke Watch Snobs. You have made it all the way to episode 170. Day, day 170. Send, send help. Send snacks. Send snacks. I've already eaten the dog. We're not I've, <laughs> I've eaten the dog. I still had food in the pantry, but I still ate the dog because it just felt like <laughs> I don't want to go to waste. You know what I mean? That's it's horrible. Campfire in my bathroom. You have a fully stocked pantry, but you ate your dog first. Because the pro- well, the thing is, you have to eat your dog first. Because if you wait to the last minute, the dog's gonna get skinny, and then you just have to make some like like weak ass broth out of it because it's just be bone yeah. and sinew. Yeah. Eat the dog while it's fat. Right? Yeah. My wife won't like this episode. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people will like this episode. Hey, everyone, Cassie from Two Book Watch Nuts. You are listening to episode 170. This is going to be a super, super cool episode because it's really weird. Michael and I were talking before this. Um, uh, and this is also giving people insight into how much like planning goes into uh, goes into these shows. Uh, probably 15 minutes before, uh, you know, we were just like, what should we talk about? Like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But then it really occurred to us. We've never well. We we actually we we also got this idea last week. We mentioned this last week, but it also occurred to us we've never done uh, like a full episode on just talking about the whole one watch collection. I'm a one watch collector. I'm a one watch guy or gal. I'm a one watch yeah. person. But what I think is we've talked about it throughout <clears throat> episodes. It's been a definitely recurring theme in certain certain topics. But I think after the State of the Watch Collection episode, and just after a lot of the events you know that have occurred thus far this year, it's something that we think about more seriously. And I think our 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 perspectives on what one watch collection means that's what was changing. So what I thought would be really really cool is, um, and at least this, this is how I'm approaching. It. I have no idea how Michael's approaching it. Michael probably thought we were talking about Tag Warrior for God's sakes, but this is how I'm approaching mm-hmm. it. Um, what does a one watch collection mean to me and how can I do it only in a way that I could do it? Cause I feel like it's a very personal thing for someone to try and do. Yeah. Um, I think this is probably still <clears throat> a pretty well-planned show. Mm-hmm. There have been, there have been some episodes where I think we just hop on morning of and we're like, okay, this is, this is what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So at least, at least the topic has been swirling in our minds for the, to- at least the topic. Yes. I mean, if you think about it, the topic's been on our minds for 170 episodes. We've been talking about yeah. this forever. Yeah, that's true. But I, I was, I was, I could have sworn that we had an episode dedicated to this, but it, it looks like we didn't. Um, and we've had some, I don't know, <clears throat> different times, man. Uh, I, I think, I think a big old watch collection might feel a little excessive right now. Mm. Um, and spending a ton of money on a ton of watches as well. So it's it's kind of cool to explore this concept. Also, um, just by chance, uh, Random Rob put out a video about this. I think end of last week. He's apparently gonna do it. Like he he printed he printed out like everything he, he, he that spreadsheeted. he spreadsheeted. Did he spreadsheet all his all his watches? <laughs> it wasn't as neat. It was just like a sheet with like watches and prices. Nice. And he's like, yeah, I could sell all of this for this much, and then I can do this. And he kind of finishes it off like I think I'm gonna do it. So I was like, oh, that's that's kind of cool. Like we're not the only ones uh, talking about this right now. So in- interesting yeah. to see his uh, his journey. I- I'm not sure where he's at right now. I don't know. That's actually super interesting. Well, I think <clears throat> I think the content creators who 
seriously consider what a one watch collection would be or what it could look like or how to articulate it to their audience. So obviously we do that all the time. Random Rob's obviously doing it right now. I think those people are super interesting because for most content creators, especially in the watch space, the, the name of the game is um, it's accumulation. You know, it's FOMO are trying to get people's FOMO triggered, you know what I mean? And so it's one of those things where as a watch content creator, as watch content creators, you and I, it almost feels like we have to have a ton of watches in order mm-hmm. for us to be content creators. But I think I think we both realize that's not the case. Yeah, no, it's not. And and we'll we'll get into it more, I'm sure. And I'm I'm also curious. So are we gonna talk about how we would go about doing this as well? If, I if am. we're gonna You are. Okay, cool. I'll do I'm going to write my own version of if I did it or however. I said a pretty <laughs> crass OJ Simpson joke. I could have just off, off the cuff. Sorry, guys. Um, but I'm going to explain how I would do it if I did it. <laughs> Fuck, my asthma's kicking in. Is a good time. Do you my actually have in. asthma? I've never asked you in like 170 episodes. I, I have asthma under certain conditions. So if... Um, if the weather is weird, my asthma kicks in. If I don't sleep well... For some reason, my asthma kicks in. Um, if I don't drink enough water, my asthma kicks in. You know what I'm saying? The Patriots don't win. I have asthma. Patriots don't win. <laughs> no, that's my wife. You want to talk to my wife about that? <laughs> Telling you, man. But here, let's do this before we get into the main topic because it's something that's going to be um, super, super interesting, super, super fun. Before we wax poetic on one watch, on the one watch collection. Uh, Oh my god, I have to tell you something terrible that happened, Michael. Listen, everyone, I need your attention. Michael, can I something terrible something terrible that happened? It's it's about yeah. a watch. Okay. Yeah. Think of the worst case scenario that could occur to my Slava Medical. Okay. Um In regards to vintage watches and what we've talked about with like gaskets and gets case- wet. It, it gets foggy inside. So I was getting I was doing a shot uh for my for the feed. Um a couple days ago for the Instagram feed a couple days ago and I had the Slava Medical perched in like not the most solid grounding. It was pretty shaky. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to get a shot and uh, I inadvertently as I was trying to like move around to get good to like stop locking the lighting I inadvertently bumped the table you know I'd best be bumping the table I bumped the table the watch was on the watch slid off of the thing it was propped on top of bounced off the table dove into the ground directly into my cat's water fountain. <laughs> <laughs> Plop. Made the noise. Water guy. Because it's fucking... It's, it dropped from like, you know, three or feet up. Water went everywhere. Um, It was... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it was in the water for probably about 10 seconds. <laughs> Eight of those seconds were me just panicking because i had so many i had i had a basic i had a 17 car pile up of emotions uh in my heart uh the first of them was obviously the watch uh the second of them was my cats because my cats drink out of that so i don't want them like drinking whatever like disgusting like soviet lube is still on the gears of this thing yeah you know what i mean um and then you say soviet lube soviet lube Lubric- I want to try that. <laughs> I'll, I'll, have, I'll have what Kaz is having. Can we invent a co- can we invent a, a cocktail called the called the Soviet Lube? 
<laughs> Soviet lube. <laughs> the name yeah, okay. came I mean, before the drink. It's a it's a perfect time. It's the perfect time to, <laughs> to experiment with mixology. Or I'm gonna I'm gonna called. try I'm gonna try to create a cocktail called the so I'm gonna write that down. Soviet lube. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to come up with a cocktail called Soviet lube. I hope my wife walks into my office and just sees the word Soviet lube written on my notebook. She's like, "What the fuck? What are they doing?" Putting that away for later. Yeah. What kind of podcast is that? I'm supposed to Google it later. Um, so the wa- the wa- the watch is in the water fountain. Uh, it took me about ten seconds to get it out. I get it out, and I have to tell you something important. And really, really, just this for me was hugely, hugely pivotal to understand. Can I tell you what happened to the watch, Michael? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. <clears throat> Not a goddamn thing. I, I I let it sit out. I even opened it up uh, two days afterwards. Totally fine. It was in there. It was submerged in like three inches of fucking water mm-hmm. for ten seconds, and it was absolutely fine. Oh, you hear the bells? I do. Yeah. Yeah. They changed the bells. They're not playing like fucking Ave Maria anymore. Now it's like the British are coming. It's not like, happy stuff anymore, huh? Well, no. Well, because I live across my Catholic church, and so the Catholic churches have five bells a day, one for each, one for a prayer for each, like. A specific person that's being affected by the by the COVID nineteen crisis. So uh, it's nine a.m., it's twelve p.m., three p.m., six p.m., nine p.m. Wow! So the British are coming five times a day. Just another great band. <laughs> um, yeah. So the wash was totally fine. Compl- what's really ironic is that this assuaged the the fear that I literally expressed. I think on episode one sixty nine or one sixty eight, whatever the fuck it is, that. I was saying I don't wear this watch because I'm afraid uh, that it's a vintage watch. It will be susceptible to moisture. Yeah, I still don't think I can get over that. <clears throat> Here, I'm going to tell you get I, over it, Michael. Throw see, your fucking I watch see. into a cat fountain. Well, I don't have any vintage watches that would cause that kind of fear because <laughs> I've just I stay away from the issue altogether. There you go. Um, but oh well. That's yeah. good to know. That's that's scary. That I I was so. I would sure. probably make sure that you don't do that again. Yeah, I uh, I had a talk with myself. I sat myself down afterwards and myself. <laughs> myself don't fucking do that again. <laughs> that's not a not a good idea. No. And then, so I got the watch out. Watch fine. I cleaned the cat's water fountain. Water fountain fell out. But I was I was so sure. I'm like, this is it. This is this is it, man. This is this is my Mr. Bean moment. Your you cats are gonna glow. So I wanted to share that with people. I wanted to share that with you people. Um, yeah, true testament to the durability of a vintage watch still. Yeah. I didn't dive with it, but it was in three inches of water for about 10 seconds, and it's fucking fine. So put that out there. But here, let's do this. Tune in next week after Tune- Kaz dives with his slob in the it just it just reduces to atoms as soon as I get like three meters under it. It's like, just like, like fireflies just like dispersed from my wrist. Like, oh, my fucking... It's like someone dying in a Final Fantasy game. They're just reduced to like LED lights, and they just they just disperse with the wind. Like, oh fuck, my watch, my watch is out of hit points. <laughs> Do you want- Snap of the fingers. Pew. I know, right? <laughs> you, Michael, would you like to? Would you like to do, uh, like do an audio trick with me? We haven't done one in a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a whole seven days. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I can I can start us off. I, yeah, yeah, I like what I'm wearing too much. I think I, I usually always like what I'm wearing. I like when I'm wearing my watch. Um, or that's the right. Watches. That's the correct response. 
So this is the CWC, Royal Navy Diver. I wear it a lot. Yes. Um, fun little thing I'm doing with this now. I actually have it on an 18 millimeter gray blue shark. Are you going the full bond? So you get that little gap. So <laughs> I, I really do creep on the uh, the hardcore British military watch collectors. And like that's, that's what you do with these. You, you keep it on the 18. Because mm-hmm. apparently like... <clears throat> If you look at those Phoenix NATOs that that people go nuts over, um, which I'm still kind of trying to figure out, apparently they would only send watches out with the 18 because it just made it simplified things in terms of equipment and like mm-hmm. I guess being a quartermaster, um, <clears throat> like just give everything on the 18 millimeter whether it's the field watch so it would fit the field watch and the dive watches. So yeah, uh, it's it's kind of a cool look. It's uh, and yeah, it's on this blue shark nato just the standard one that they make also um the phoenix the standard toxic nato and the standard blue shark mm-hmm. i think i'm done with like looking for natos really yeah like these these blue sharks are insane yeah and just the quality is very it's not they don't do the seatbelt thing that people were obsessed over like i don't know what two years ago mm-hmm um but they're just really really solid they don't like the oldest ones that i have just don't fray i don't know what he does with the heat sealing on like the holes and everything the hardware is really really cool yeah um and it's just a really good combo for this watch um and yeah this is if you're just tuning in and hearing about this watch uh right now this is a quartz diver from cwc um they provide uh, equipment for the MOD mm-hmm. watches and stuff like that, and they're distributed by Silverman's in the UK, which is like a military outfitter, I guess. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, traditional sort of MOD watch spec. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you see a lot of the same design in old military Omega Seamasters and the watches like the Milsub. So. This is uh, essentially a quartz version that replaced the uh, military Rolexes that were issued to the um, British Navy. Yeah, very Pretty cool. cool. A very um, a very different Bond watch because Bond was a Navy <laughs> man, right? Me. He's all Bond has always been a, a, a naval officer. That's supposed to be the thing. Yeah, yeah, that's supposed to be the thing. You know. Um, I know I've told the story on air before. I've probably told it two times. But it's been a while. Can I tell my Bond NATO work friend story? Do you remember the story? Oh, it's been a long time. Can I tell but the I, story? I think I think I know what you mean. It's yeah, the, of course. It's the perfect Kaz story. Where the only way I can describe a Kaz story is that there's a deficiency in my life. I recognize the deficiency in my life, and then life tries to help me fail the deficiency, and I tell life to go fuck itself. You made a you mistake I mean? by trying to make a friend. I made I, the other way around. So I used to work somewhere. I live in Orlando now, but uh, I work from home. I've been working from home for three years. But before that, uh, I was in an office. I was a big, big fucking office or whatever. Uh, it was one of the buildings near Lake Eola, if you're if you're in the mm-hmm. Orlando area. And so uh, I was working there, and it was really tough because I'm not like I don't like I don't like people. I don't understand small talk. You know what I mean? It's just like you're in the elevator. It's like, oh, it's going to rain today. And then you're just like, oh, well, yeah, I'm in the middle of a quarter life crisis and everything I do is meaningless. Like I can't have 
I can't do weather talk or like, so I don't know. So the, but the problem is you can't just open up to someone who you meet that's new and say like the most horrible shit about yeah. yourself. So it's really hard to, to like meet people and like talk to people and all that crap. Um, and so it was very difficult for me to make friends and for to me to meet people there. Uh, people were nice, but I never like, never had like friends. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're my friend. So that's your, that's me being your friend is, is me being your friend is your problem. My bad. <laughs> I'm stuck with it. You're stuck with it, man. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm like, I'm like social herpes. I'm just with you forever. Sometimes it's a big deal. Sometimes you can get by without it, but I'm always there. And there are flare ups. <laughs> every every Sunday when we record, it's a flare up. Um, but so I was working at this place, I having trouble meeting people, and uh, everyone one night was going out to. Uh, well, say, well, here's a part of the story that's interesting. I was at the time I was wearing the Seiko Sumo. Um, I was wearing that a lot in the office, and at the time I was experimenting with straps, and you know, the, I was kind of like getting tired of the bracelet, and so I ordered some twenty millimeter straps, but I only had eighteen millimeter straps, and so when I was in the office at this place, I was wearing my Seiko Sumo, which is twenty millimeters on a, an eighteen millimeter strap, so it had had the gap, had like mm-hmm. the gap there. Uh, uh, so that's what I was wearing. And so one evening after work, everyone's like, oh, you know, we're going to the bar. Kaz, do you want to go? And I'm just like, like fucking Gollum in the corner. I'm like, I'm like, Bleh. I'm like yeah, let's go make friends. But I'm stupid shit. <laughs> and so we're in the bar. We're in the corner. It's like dark and it's like super loud. And like all these people are talking. So like the social people are talking to the social people and the dregs are on the out- on the outsides with the dregs. Just kind of not saying, just kind of standing next to people, not talking to people. So that's what I was doing. And um, uh, I got to talking to someone about watches because I guess they saw my background at work or something. I can't remember how it happened, um, but someone was talking to me about watches. And they, because at, at my background at work, it was like a watch movement on like my fucking computer or some shit because I wanted people to know I was into watches because I was fucking stupid back then. You know what I mean? And so, and, and the person goes like, oh, you know, um, you know, what are you wearing? I'm like, oh, you know, we're in this. And this, the guy that asked me um, was a mere reflection of myself and that he was weird. He was super awkward. He clearly didn't know how to like talk to people. He always kind of smelled weird. So like me, he was basically me, but like, <laughs> but like a white version of me, you know, uh-huh. that's, that's what it was. And uh, he's like, like, oh, so, you know, what are you wearing now? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's just this, like, Seiko Sumo. It's a Japanese watch, uh, you know. But I have it on, like, a on a small NATO right now, you know, just because you know, I'm waiting for a, a new one to come in. And he said something, Michael. That was my opportunity to make a friend, to forge a pro- – to trick another person into being my friend. This was – he gave me an opening. Um, and I just I just I spat in his face and I said, Oh yeah, it has this gap here because it's 18 millimeters, and he just goes, Oh yeah, like bond. That's a super I mean, that's a super nerdy thing to know. For I mean a, it's it's a good opportunity, you it's know. It's a good opportunity because at the time I think I was also re-watching all the old Bond movies. You know what I mean? Or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. That was my chance. And I'm just like, I'm like, but like my brain immediately like had the dumb reactions like, like, no, whatever, dude. And I just like totally brushed him off and never talked to him again. I didn't know. He could have been my friend, Michael. Yeah, I'm sorry. Now you're stuck with me. Now you're stuck with me, man. It's like fucking Watchmen. (laughs) You're locked in here with me, dude. Uh, Eating our dogs. Another another good thing about the 18, though, is that it's nice... Just like overall on the wrist, I think it's nicer to have a slimmer profile, uh, width in terms of width, 
uh, because, you know, sometimes you, you, I guess we mostly wear watches that are 22 that come with 22 bracelets or 22 NATO straps. Mm. Um, a 20 is really nice, but an 18 is really, really slim. And, um, yeah. I don't know. It just feels good. Um, funny story. A lot of my Orient stars are odd sizes. 19 millimeters, 21 millimeters. Oh, they do the Omega thing. That's what Omega does. Do, Omega oh, really? The Omega does tw- that? Yeah, they love 21. Bastards. I didn't realize that Omega did that. Now it's not cool anymore. But, you know, if, you, if you're if you curious about the whole, um, you know, the history of military watches that were, um, you know, issued and just the history of the Milsub, essentially, uh, check out CWC. It's a... It's a pretty cool company that makes them insane watches and you can get them quartz with automatic movements you can get them like black pvd cases i, I think it's pvd um they have like chronographs manually wound chronographs quartz chronographs uh just a really cool company with a lot of history cwc does um mechanical chronographs yeah they have a really fucking cool one i, I mean it's another design that was made by a handful of manufacturers it's it's basically a two register asymmetrical chronograph um manually wound and it's really fucking cool like i would love one but it's basically like whether you go for a vintage one or a brand new one it's kind of close to used speedmaster money these are pretty expensive i'm yeah. looking at one now but it's um it's really cool actually actually if i were to buy one new today i would pay more than what I paid for my used Omega Speedmaster. Yeah, wow. Yeah. It's kind of, it'd be kind of redundant for me to, to have two manually wound chronographs. Mm. But it's a it's a cool one if, if you're sitting on a pile of cash. <laughs> <laughs> Super cool. Okay, is it... Um, here, let's keep the show rolling. Uh, my turn? Do it. All right, let's do it here. So uh, really, really quick, just because I don't want to eat too much, uh, too much time because I told my stupid fucking story. Um, that I'm now embarrassed about, but I can't do anything about it, so whatever. Um, I am wearing, so I haven't worn this watch in a while. I'm actually wearing my Gavox uh, Rotes Quartz Chronograph. Um, I still have it on this blue and gray uh, NATO. Um, I got an interesting wave of like pain nostalgia when I put this watch on because the last time I seriously wore this watch was during my renovation. Your renovation. Like, when, yeah. when I was renovating this, like when my wife and I were renovating this place, and so like constantly in pain like my knees and my bag i always covered it it's still i didn't realize to like put it on it's less paint on it like the straps was like like little like flecks of like spackle and latex paint all over it and shit like that so um i gotta clean this fucking thing but but yeah putting this watch on um i still fucking love it i think it wears really really well i think it's incredibly comfortable i think existing on this navy gray navy uh nato strap that i have it with is fucking fucking you know like tray chic dog like it's fucking gorgeous like this it's really good on the bracelet too but it's really good on the strap also you should find a surf green nato for it to always to always like remind you of like painting that room and shit (laughs) painting this fucker it was this room and all the other fucking rooms this is the only surf (laughs) seafoam green uh room but yeah i mean that that, it would look really weird with this blue because this thing is like super blue so the gavox um, so Gavox uh, out of Belgium, it's probably one of the micro brands we talk about the most for two reasons. Uh, Michael Happy is just doing, and that's the owner and, and designer and operator of the brand. He's just doing fucking incredible things 
mm-hmm. with his brand. So, okay, it's three reasons. Michael Happy is doing incredible things with this brand. The second reason that we always talk about Gavox is that not enough people are talking about Gavox watches. And the third reason we always talk about Gavox is because I have mad respect for someone who just doesn't give a shit what people think about their brand. And he just makes watches that make him happy. He, yeah, he's a he's a pleasant person. I, I think it's um, just somebody that's a pleasure to, to talk to. We have an interview with him that's a, a really old episode. And historically, yeah. fun fact, the most difficult episode to edit. Um, to edit and to coordinate. We had to, use, yeah. we had to coordinate by GMT time. At GMT time, there was like a delay. There was a delay in like, you know, his track getting to ours. So if there was a question answer, I had to manually plug in his answers to every question and coordinate with our tracks. Oh my God. I'm going to kill myself thinking about it. Great episode. It was, it was wonderful having him on. Um, yeah. So, yeah. so I'm wearing the Gavox Rhodes now. The Gavox Rhodes I love because... The story behind it, it's really a watch that Michael Happy designed and curated and offered as a result of his love for road tripping, road travel. Um, there's three different uh, collection, the three different watches within the, 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 the roads collection. <clears throat> there's one for, and each one of them is a different road that he has enjoyed road tripping on or like a particularly scenic road. Uh, yeah. to road trip on um there's one for there's like i, I can't remember them. i can't remember them now but there's one in canada there's a road in california and then there's the road for my watch which i believe is norway i could be, i could <laughs> totally be wrong actually it's on the case back let me see atlantic ocean road norway 8.32 kilometers <laughs> That's the other really cool thing. Each 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 watch has the case back engraving of the road that it's um, associated with, and so the one that I got, the one for this road in uh, Norway, it's blue, and uh, I love this watch. It's definitely uh, in uh, one of the more interesting testaments for my love of quartz chronographs. Has an alarm uh, function on here. Has uh, one sub register with two hands for the chronograph uh, kind of totalizer. It's like it's 12 hours and 30 minute increments. And so, um, and then there's a three, uh, three hours sub dial, uh, three o'clock sub dial, which is your, your, uh, your running seconds. And it's got a dive bezel on here. Um, I think people traditionally have said, and I know you've said this too, that you would have preferred a GMT bezel. But um, I think when I was talking to Michael Happy, the idea, or I might have totally made this up so I can, someone can correct me. The idea with the dive bezel on this watch is that you're road tripping, you're on the road, you're, you're driving, and you can, you know, you're using the chronograph 12 hour totalizer to time your drive. And uh, the scenery becomes so gorgeous, so beautiful, and you're next to the ocean that you're so thus inspired to park your car, fling off your clothing, and <laughs> jump in the water. Which I guess at this situation you'd probably want a dive bezel. I um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, probably not. Um, That's just like if I buy a Ulysses Nardin Freak, I automatically get a penthouse in like the Four Seasons with a mistress, like automatically. They just give that shit to you, yeah, right. And That's... then I end up in one of their commercials. <laughs> I just... I don't always fornicate in the high life, but when I do, I wear a Ulysses Nardin. Yeah, because I'm a freak. Because <laughs> I'm a freak. <laughs> Hashtag uh, you're a freak. 
<laughs> that one's free. That one's free, guys. But yeah, so um, check out the Gavox Rhodes collection. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll just check out the entire Gavox collection. And um, always really inspiring. Just love the things that he's doing over there. And that's why we always bring him up on the show. Because he's making watches that he likes. Mm-hmm. Who cares what anyone else thinks? Um, so that's what, so I haven't worn it in a while. So I'm wearing it now. But uh, let's do this. I want to get into the main topic. However, there are some really fucking cool housekeeping orology news items to 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 talk about can we first talk about the scurfa yeah i was it, paul paul scurfield he runs scurfa watches out of the uk um professional diver uh big time tutor rolex guy uh loves his watches but <clears throat> obviously isn't going to take those those vintage watches um into the bell uh, so he founded a, a cool brand not long ago called Scurfa Watches. I've had one in the past. I've been thinking about another. Um, and he just out of nowhere released a, a new model that's kind of different from from what he's he's been doing. And it's called the Treasure Seeker. What do you think? I'm pulling up a picture right now and I'm fighting with my internet. <clears throat> so when I first saw this watch, I fucking, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, this is super out of left field because a lot of the sort of design nuances that we're noticing here mm-hmm. are not really congruent with some of the previous releases that um, Scurfa Watches has done. Scurfa Watches is, is another micro brand that we do bring up on air kind of more often than others just because, again, a lot of folks aren't talking about it. But you know, yeah. Paul and the team are doing like absolutely fantastic things. And then this, this watch happened. The Treasure Seeker happened. Mm-hmm. I think this is probably... So for a guy who's done dive watches, a micro brand that's created dive watches, which which are really like functional and purpose first, mm-hmm. this is probably a dress diver. I would constitute this, in my opinion, um, as a dress diver. I can see it on the bracelet here that it that it comes on. So he's, I'm looking at his Instagram. There's a black dial, a, like a silvery white dial, and then a flat out all blue model. Yeah. Um, on the bracelet, yeah, it does look kind of kind of nice and dressy. The reason I'm also constituting as dressy is because the ceramic bezel, uh, the hex dial, there's a hex sort of uh, dial texture <clears throat> that's occurring here. It's like uh, a honeycomb almost. Right? Honeycomb, yes, thank you. That's much. That's a much more. That's like a. That's like a proper like. That's that's some NPR verbiage than me saying fucking hex pads. It's a honeycomb. 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 It's, a honey, <laughs> it's a honeycomb appointed dial. Oh man! Under a dome sapphire crystal, Herbert Sherbert chiming in here, guys. Yep. We really should do the full NPR episode. You can oh. be Alan Goodman or Alan Good Shepherd, and I'll be Herbert Sherbert. Oh, we will one day. Believe me. Oh, we will. Um, I, I'm also saying it's a dress watch because a lot of the uh, indices are they seem to be super polished. A lot of the the side sort of beveling on the lugs here in some of the models, you can tell in the renders uh, that they're going to be uh, uh, kind of high polished. And I, I have to tell you one thing. The first time I saw this watch, and I'm saying this in a good way, guys. Um, this to me is like the freak child between an aqua racer and a Seamaster professional. Yeah. Do you see that? With a very special dial. With a very special dial. But do you, do, you, do you see what I'm talking about? I do, yeah. I think this thing is fucking beautiful. This is probably one of the more recent dive watch releases that have actually got me very excited. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, 
I'm interested to see, well, here's the other issue also. I'm interested to see real photos because what we're looking at right now on on, the, on Skirfus Instagram is these are renders. Renders, So yeah. what can occur sometimes, and whether people realize it or not, people are always attracted to something that looks you know, good or something that's well done. That said, is this a good-looking watch or is this a good-looking render? I mean, some... judging judging from Skurfa's history and just the quality of the products in general, I think it's going to be a very, like, I think it's going to be just as nice when we see actual photos. I agree. Um, I still, to this day, so I have the CWC. It's an incredible quartz diver. But um, if you're one of those people that's into, like, heft and, like, the feel of a quality watch in your hand, I still think the Skurfa, the diver one that I used to have, is, like, it's a quartz watch that feels like like a very expensive Swiss watch in in hand with a mm. heavy mechanical movement inside. But it's a quartz watch. Wow. Uh, it's super over-engineered in the best way possible. Yeah. Um, also, buying from a brand that's not based in the U.S. can be a headache a lot of times. Mm. Buying from Paul, the smoothest, like transaction yeah ever and like insanely fast shipping and i get you know you get it with like a warranty card that has your name handwritten on it and like date of purchase it's 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 a cool experience that's so um cool. so I'm, I'm excited to see how, how these come out you know when we when we start to see real photos we gotta try to get these in or yeah. get, like, get, get one of them in. i think it's so i just wanted to give a call out to that super cool release go and check out scarface instagram yeah um check out these renders let paul know what you think in the in the comments there um because yeah this actually has me very excited mm -hmm. it's pierced my thickening shell of orological ennui michael i'm <laughs> i'm, I'm I find myself excited about this you know <laughs> yeah and there's some exciting stuff on the side as well um we we had yes. a pretty good week where we we got our asses in gear and started like publishing stuff again <laughs> as best as we can because as, as nobody nobody talks to us um, so we don't really get press releases. Yeah, here's the funny thing. Anytime yeah. you see a press release on the TBW, on the twobrokewatchknobs.com website, usually yeah. Michael and I had to claw tooth and nail to get, to get yeah. some kind of information or yeah. photos together. No one talks to us. Um, I, I had a realization recently. I think so. We're probably one of the older podcasts that exist out there. However, we're not as popular as some of the other podcasts. I think it's because, you know, we don't... The name we chose? Well, yeah, the name we chose. <laughs> Who the fuck are the two broke watch nuts? I think it's the name we chose and the fact that, because we were talking about this in the TBWS Slack, we're essentially the R-rated film of the of the, of the of watch podcast. And R-rated films traditionally aren't as popular as like PG or PG-13 films. I don't you know even I mean? think I don't even think we're that bad, though. Whatever. We're bad in the in the microcosm of of watch of of watch like podcasts. Like we we curse a lot. Uh, we do. I'm really, I'm really happy I edited that one thing out that you asked me to edit last time. <laughs> yeah, that was good. I'm glad we agreed on that. <laughs> maybe maybe it's a lot of those instances that we haven't caught because like just by chance you were like, oh, I said this thing, and it, we probably shouldn't say it. Can you take that out? I'm like, oh, I I completely forgot when you that made our that <laughs> and we're not gonna say what it was, but that made our list of one of only three things we've ever edited out. <laughs> Usually we don't edit this fucking show, uh, but that one made the cut. 
yeah. that would be reasonably made the cut. Um, but I think since we are the R-rated version of like the watch podcast world, I just think it's harder for us to be liked, to get exposure, to be a more well-known, you know, kind of name. And so I think the only way I can really describe it is that I think we're I think we're the glass jaw of the mm. of the podcasting world where we're obviously influential in that we're we've been doing this for a very long time. Uh, a lot of the other podcasts out there that exist do listen to us, but we're just not that popular because we're a little, a little hard to be accessible. I love Glassjaw. Just, 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 just to, just to qualify that, long yeah. guy land all the way. Um, the best way I can describe it is maybe it's the difference between someone being like a Glassjaw fan and like a Taking Back Sunday fan. Mm. Does that make sense? Very different camps. Very different yeah. camps, but. You know what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah. I've given you the basic elements of the point I'm trying to make, and now it's up to you, Michael, to put the point together. No, I, 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 I'm on the same page. But I, I think that's, you. I think that's what it is. I think we're being the R-rated podcast out there. We're never going to be, I guess, as well known or liked or. Uh, I'm never going to be a real boy. Never going to be a real boy. <laughs> <Got the black lung. laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Bro Dinky for doing the Black Lung meme. Did you see that a couple that is, episodes ago? We timely, timely we, and fantastic. We a couple episode, episodes ago we asked Bro Dinky if he would do uh, a Black Lung meme with the Doxa and Zoolander, and like a true gentleman, he obliged, and it was yeah. fucking, fucking hilarious. Pulled it off, man. I got the Black Lung. <laughs> for God's sake, Sunny, but down there for two days or one day, whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> Man, so good. But yeah, so I think I just I had that weird, you know, uh, uh, realization. But to the point that being the R-rated podcast, being the R-rated watch blog, uh, it's d- difficult for us to kind of get press stuff from people. So anything we do get, we got to claw tooth and nail for. Um, yeah. There's some really cool press stuff on the site right now. You did a really fun write up on this. I, I, this thing is fucking. It's 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 we it's it's weird, beautiful. This Batavi. I don't know how to say it. Uh, Bat- Batavi. It's a GMT. That they GMT. <laughs> it's a GMT. It's a they, I think they have they have a dive watch and they have a GMT. Um, yeah, it's this Batavi <clears throat> Amsterdam Cosmopilot Cosmopilot Piet Cosmo. It's a fucking. It's a GMT. It's a GMT. Um, it's got a really cool thing going on here with the hands. It has some photo. Fo- I'm looking at the one image. Um, the presser kind of like photo shot here of this on this dude's wrist. <laughs> Got some volume going on. Got a few different shades of blue. I think if you're looking for like uh, a dressier, fun color GMT, like maybe if you're the type of person that likes a lot of the interesting color choices with some of those original, or not original, but some of those earlier NTH snowflakes and NTH subs, yeah. but you want something with a bit more, I guess, kind of of an elegant edge or like a bit more of a catered take. For some reason, I feel like this Batavi is like up there. Do, do, do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And also, the first time in a while, I've seen a small brand experiment with just a wild color palette, especially yeah. on this Medina that I called out. Um, it looks like a very faded 1675 GMT. You get like the baby blue. Oh, with the blue. pink? Yeah. Like yeah. it's like a pink and a baby blue 
sort like of deal. This, I like this mint chocolate deal going on in this bezel that, one here. Yeah, that's nice too. I, I just had it up on the screen when I was writing about it and my wife, she passed by and she's like, I would wear the shit out of that. <laughs> I'll the I, fuck out of that watch. I think it's the, I think it's the Eastern Arabics on the on the thing. Also, apparently, the only um, the only twenty four hour insert GMT insert with Eastern Arabics ever. Really? Yep. How cool is that? Um, and fun fact, actually, uh, oh. they are so they have a very successful Kickstarter and. Um, where is it? Yeah, two percent of the proceeds will be donated to the Dutch Red Cross uh, to kind of help out with the, um, you know, their issues with COVID and all that stuff. Very cool. Oh yeah, wow. I'm looking at I'm looking at their Kickstarter now. Uh, the goal. <laughs> very Dutch. <laughs> very broken English here. <laughs> They're Belgian. That's German. I know, guys, but that's the only close to where I could think of. Uh, oh yeah, 2% of turnover will be donated to fight COVID-19 via the Dutch Red Cross plus five euro for everyone. So cool, man. Yeah, go and check out the Michael's write-up. Really, really cool. Uh, also on this site, because I want to leave enough time for the main topic, uh, there's a write-up on this Delma We'll just, we'll just bang them out. Yeah, yeah there's this the, Delma Ocean yeah. Master Antarctica. Uh, cool color. It's a bit of a big watch, but check it out. It's really, really cool. You also got a really cool write-up for the... Uh, a, a new chapter in the System 51 life, Petite Seconde. <laughs> it's, a, mm -hmm. it's a System 51 with a small second hand, basically, right? Yeah. But and like then, a steel case. They're, they're still doing the steel cases. Oh, yeah. shit. Look at that. It's not made out of like refused pog tubes. Remember pog yeah. tubes? Like mine. <laughs> pog tubes. <laughs> pog tubes, man. I'm telling you, man. It's like, it's like, like lightsabers. Did you ever use your pog tube as a lightsaber when it was empty? I did. Yeah, the long one. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to childhood, guys, or at least child, my, you know, our childhood. Um, and then this piece went up today. We're looking at it. We're recording this uh, Sunday, April fifth. Um, I put up this piece here on this Tissot Sea Star. Uh, it's a limited edition. Um, it's, it's part of the Tissot Sea Star one thousand line, but it's particularly particularly noteworthy because a it's fucking beautiful. It has a bezel lock. It has screw-down chronograph pushers. It uses an ETA chronograph movement that I'm not familiar with. It's derivative of the 7750 with a 60-hour power reserve. It's a fucking monster watch. And uh, again, contributing to my confusion of why the fuck Tissot C-Stars are not more popular. What do you people want from Tissot? Right? Yeah, they want more 1,000-meter divers. I want more thousand meter divers in a thirty nine millimeter case with a four millimeter uh, sapphire dome for two hundred dollars. Okay. Just pulled out my old System Fifty One. It's I still I still like it, man. Kind of cool. That's so cool. But yeah, so go and check out the site. Really, really, really cool stuff. Um, in addition to that, keep an eye out on our YouTube channel uh, this week or possibly pretty soon. Um, Third episode of the TBW TBWS Writers Room will be uh, on the uh, will be on the YouTube on, on go to the YouTube on the YouTube uh, really really cool uh, TBWS contributors uh, it was uh, Greg Bedrosi and senior contributor Ben Newcomb who is part of our team holding down our Facebook group and uh, Baird who is a TBWS contributor uh, they're joined by uh, Stuff and Watches on Instagram uh, did a guest spot Josh over Stuff and Watches. Um, yeah, 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 stuff. And uh, they all basically all did 
they had a discussion around like the ultimate driver, ultimate driver watch. So the episode mm. number two of the TBWS Writers Room, we did the ultimate diver. Uh, we were all there. Uh, for the third episode, we all couldn't be there, but it was an incredible group and really, really, really thoughtful discussion around the ultimate drivers. Driver watch, so like, you know, racing watches, racing inspired watches, potentially chronographs, things like that. Um, keep an eye on our YouTube channel for when that goes live. Um, is it time for the main topic? It's time to kill our darlings. It's time to walk our darlings out to pasture, <laughs> put a gun in its mouth, and paint the field with the back of its skull. It's time to kill our darlings. The one watch thing is really interesting because I think it's at the heart of what a lot of collectors, and I was thinking about this last night because I realized this is what I struggle with. A lot of collectors struggle with this fundamental thing of trying to, and this is all collectors, comic books, fucking rocks, I don't know, whatever you collect, whatever the fuck you collect, mm-hmm. you're trying to fill uh, a spiritual void with something physical. And you can interpret that in any way you want, but, and I could totally mm-hmm. be wrong, but that's what I kind of realized I have always done with all my collecting habits. Pogs, Pokemon cards, uh, comic books, comic books for a long time, long, long time. And obviously now watches. I've been trying to fill a, a spiritual void with something physical. And that's basically a derivation of an Alan Watts quote. So if that sounds familiar, you heard it from Alan Watts and then Alan Watts probably heard it from someone else or who the, whoever the fuck knows. Um, so that's, I don't know if that resonates with you at all, Michael, but for me, when I kind of put it in those words, I'm like, okay, fuck that. That makes a lot of sense. And if you think about it, that sort of endeavor of trying to accumulate many physical things Mm-hmm. To fill, you know, one spiritual void just doesn't work. Yeah, I wake up every day with hate in my heart, and the thing that Jesus I try to do. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. And so immediately, I have to just like run to the watch box and like balance that out. Um, <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. I wake up every day with hate in my heart. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I think um, before we even begin this topic, uh, I'm going to say this. I think it's too late for us, first of all. Okay, that's um, fair. I think that's I fair. think we can go through the exercise. We can definitely go through the exercise, but I'm pretty sure we will instantly or almost instantly relapse because we aren't, I don't think we're necessarily attracted to the one watch collection we're attracted to the story about the guy or gal mm. that had one watch throughout a lifetime um, I, that's what I, really I, captures I, us because i think people like us who do that they feel as if if you buy that thing then their story will be your story or right. you'll at least be a part of their story because you feel mm. like in yourself there's something that's missing you've yeah. done nothing to create a story like that yeah and I, you know, I was I was thinking about it I, actually after shortly after watching Rob's video because I've never really, um, I've never really taken stock of what I could sell everything for, mm. but just like some quick math, I, like I could, I could sell everything. Okay. Um, in addition to like all of, I have like a box of Seikos here, dude. <laughs> there's there's a there's I have this like two level watch box where the top level is a like you lift it up and grab the watches 
but mm-hmm. the bottom one is a drawer that you pull out and you can store more watches in there. I pulled out the drawer the other day. It was just Seikos. <laughs> Some people got a box of Legos. Michael's got a box of Seikos. Um, they're like, I can even sell those. And um, all said and done, I can probably... If I wanted to embody like everything that I love about watches, I think at the end of the day, I'm always going to be a GMT guy. Mm. So I could do something like, realistically, I could do something like a, like a another Batman on a Jubilee or something. Okay. Um, maybe not at market now, maybe <sighs> post COVID prices. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I just I, I like the idea of having that watch, but I don't like the idea of not having my other ones. You know. I think I can't remember if we talked about this when we discussed what well, the one watch thing last time. <clears throat> um, it's one of those things where you know if you get rid of all your watches and you just have one watch, you know, uh, you'll be I don't know if happier is the right word, but you'll have less clutter anxiety, less less stuff anxiety. You know if you get to that point, um, it will be for the better. However, to get there, you have to do something terrible and get rid of all your watches. Like that, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's one of those things where, like, I know the destination is totally worth it, mm-hmm. but the journey's going to be fucking horrible. I mean, I don't have to, um, to, I don't have to sell my watches to get rid of clutter, though. I, I can get rid of a whole lot of other stuff if I really wanted to before, mm-hmm. you know, to tackle the clutter. Um, I don't. Do you ever like look at your guitar amp and be like, why the fuck do I have this thing? Absolutely. I have a two by 10 cabinet and like a 20 watt tube amp. And I'm just like, I still can't play this thing in my apartment. Nope. And then you have these do like the pods, the line six pods today. People are just like, you can plug headphones into them or take that thing on tour. It's like, like the size of a sandwich. Tour. Yeah. You know? I'm just like, what the fuck am I? So I would get rid of that stuff first. You know, if if I if I if clutter was really the issue, and it, if you really want to specifically narrow it down to watches, you have a lot of collectors that keep everything in banks, mm. and you can also call the bank. Some banks offer um, like courier service with your safety deposit box. I just burped on air. Sorry. It's all good. So if I mean, if you had the wherewithal to get a deposit box set up with these services and you're like i want to wear my two-tone blue dial sub today but it's Mm -hmm. in the safety deposit box in this bank you can call and they'll set up a delivery time to like pull your box drive it to you in an armored car (laughs) and like you come down you you pick it up but dude what if you have a 10 watch collection of $300 watch, like it's 10, $300, you know what I'm saying? Like at what point does that sort of, you can put that in a safety deposit box too. <laughs> you can put whatever you want in there. I could put a grilled cheese sandwich in there. You want a grilled cheese sandwich? Now don't mind the smell, okay? <laughs> Just don't open my fucking box till I get back. Um, I th- Well, I, I think something like that would only make sense if, if you have to pay more, <laughs> I just, I just, I'm sorry. Are you picturing the sandwich? I just pictured an FDIC insured grilled cheese sandwich. 
It's in there, but like they can't open it. But they see ants are getting in through like the door cracks, like like a little stream of ants. I'm like fuck, man, this month, this motherfucker's sandwich. Oh it's sitting. God. It's sitting next to the, the you know Fabergé eggs and Krugerins. We gotta fucking get a sandwich. We can't open it. He's not. We can't. Oh, it's just in there. You know? That's too good. He could have at least saran wrapped that shit, or they just threw just fucking. He <laughs> just plopped it in there, dude. Uh, I love it because I picture you also making the grilled cheese in the vault, like you brought a hot plate. Because <laughs> they they're not in there with you. They'll open the door and you can do whatever you leave. want in there, dude. And then you ring a bell when you want them to open the door again. So yeah, you could bring a you could fucking you could fucking masturbate in there and make a deposit, and they'll fucking <laughs> you, just, you just put it in the wall. With the rest. So you, you could bring a hot plate in there. Make it, and they're just there on the outside, just like, do you fucking smell grilled Havarti? Like, yeah, I smell. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? And they just put a grilled cheese in there. To the contributors, this is <laughs> this is why we can't pay you. Because <laughs> 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 will stand for this. <laughs> oh man, but um, well, no, I think well, well, but the thing with we were talking about with like courier services and all that stuff like that, like if the services and the upkeep cost more than your collection, yeah, that's a that's kind of weird. Yeah. That's a good point. You know, but like, obviously, if you had like a regular safety deposit, but like I live, like my town has like a little local bank and I could walk there in 10 minutes. I could yeah. just get a safety, like a regular safety deposit box there and keep like, like my Slava Medical in there or some shit, something that was mm-hmm. necessarily like monetarily expensive, but something that was very rare. Right. So I don't drop in any more fucking cat water fountains. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> so, but what I think is... um. What I think is interesting is that, you, so you brought up the point of like, oh, I could tally everything up and then like, you know, get like a like another GMT Master, like a Jubilee. What's really weird is that whenever you and I talk about one watch collections or whenever I've talked about one watch collection with the people, do you know what they always do? They mention one watch they could do that they don't already own. Hmm. That's a good point. Why do we do that? Because... Because it's also a good opportunity to really take stock of what you've invested in the hobby. <clears throat> and then I, pe- people do that and they're like, holy shit, why did I do this? I could have gotten, because c- people aren't disciplined. Discipline mm. is incredibly difficult to develop. Yeah. Whether it's like going to the gym in the morning or like being smart with your money, it's not an easy thing to do. So when people go through this exercise, they, they realize like, wow. Was I just really not disciplined or focused in this hobby? I could have gotten this. So it's usually a could have, like yeah. alternative to their collecting journey. Um, and I think that's why people are usually, it's it's not like I could buy this like more expensive thing, but, you know, I, it, it just comes with the exercise. I think, I to your point earlier in that it's too late for us, I don't think it... I, it is too late for us if we stay on our pursuits of collector's comfort. If we keep collecting things and collecting in a way right now that like, you know, gets us like short term like short term like happiness. I yeah. think it I think if we like I think if we properly kill our darlings, I think we can do it. But then it's, going back I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry, I'm just realizing this like massive tumor on the side of this Tissot chronograph. The fucking the huge crown. Oh, the crown. That's so that crown. So going what back, does that so, do? That is the bezel lock and the helium escape valve. Oh my god! Apparently, it's some kind of Tissot patent. So that will lock the bezel in place while also functioning as the helium escape valve. 
which which so just to clarify, no one needs a helium escape valve. If you right. work, I think I think uh, I think Mike Razak talked does. about. Well, yeah, Paul does because he's in a fucking diving bell or whatever. <laughs> but I think Mike Razak talked about this in his review of the uh, Omega Seamaster two two four five or two whatever the fuck it is. Um, he talks about he like I think he breaks down like statistically how many people on Earth actually need a helium escape valve, and it's like double digits. It's like thirty four people or some some hilarious mm-hmm. number. <laughs> yeah. So just putting that out there, helium escape valve should never be a selling value prop for you unless for some actual reason. Uh, you need one, but yeah, on this just so that's that's what the giant, that giant fucking like like tumor at ten o'clock is. Well, if Paul was a one watch guy, maybe maybe, maybe he'd wear to, this this to sew. Yeah, maybe I don't know. We'd have to ask him. I've <laughs> never talked to him. I've never talked to him either. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the thing is, so 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 I think people do the. So when we ask people about the one watch collection, I think the reason they choose a watch not in their current collection. It's because they're still falling into that trap of thinking, I just need to buy the right thing to be happy. And watch collecting progression only occurs when you spend more money. You know what I mean? I think the true proper like like Indian ascetic approach where you just punish yourself is to just do one watch collection with something you already own. I mean, I've said it before. So if I was if I was gonna do that, it would be the Doxa, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I used to I used to think the Speedmaster, um, and I would say the Speedmaster because like, yeah, like I love aviation history and like space flight history and all that stuff, and the Speedmaster is just ingrained in that. Uh, and also, it's a black dial; it can go with anything. It's a prominent, like, nice Swiss brand. Um, but I just, I get more pleasure out of the Doxa. Yeah. Oh yeah. I believe it. And if you were, and I think I said this before, if someone broke in my home and put a gun in my mouth right now and said one watch that you have forever, probably choose the Christmas chrono. Yeah. I don't know why. Cause I feel like that could be the everyday watch. And those are not our most expensive watches. No. (laughs) In our collection. Christmas chrono cost to be like 250 bucks. It's just rare. You just can't find them anymore. But when I bought it, it was 250 bucks, I think. Doxa was less than the Speedmaster. Yeah, man. You know? So, I mean, if you're in the same situation as us where you're constantly thinking about the One Watch collection and you think the first step to being a One Watch collector is to add up all the watches you own, figure out the monetary value, and what you could buy with that much money, um, it might be worth taking a step back to see if that's the appropriate approach. I'm not saying it's not the appropriate approach because everyone kind of can do this differently. Um, but it is an exercise in just kind of being mindful. You know, am I falling into the same habits that got me into this situation in the first place? What's the, What do you think your number could be if you sold everything? Like literally everything. Watches that were given to you, that you bought, like let's, literally everything. What, what do you think you can get to? Let's do this exercise on air. Give me, give me a few minutes here. Oh, I'm noticing, I'm noticing that <clears throat> Skurfa has a bell diver now with the Miyota nine zero one five. Fuck, that's pretty. Oh cool. yeah, that's pretty cool. <clears throat> Fuck, excuse me. Uh, plus three hundred, plus three hundred, plus two It's also a little sad when you run through this. You're just like nine hundred plus all of the groceries. All. <laughs> 
<laughs> all of the meals I could have cooked for my family. Yeah, right. Uh, let me see here. Bum, bum, bum. So I'm just doing like like math in my head. Bum, bum. Oh, fuck, yeah. Uh, uh, ba, ba, ba. Oh, shit, yes. Fuck. That's, that's usually how it goes. It's like, oh, I have these two. Oh, I forgot about that one. Um, that was a drunk Amazon purchase. <laughs> I think if I'm missing anything. Bum, 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 bum. Hold on, I guess count one. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. I'm missing four. Oh, yep. Oh. Okay, I have a number. It's actually not as high as I thought it was going to be. I have a number. It's approximately forty-five hundred dollars. Not that it's not. It's that's obviously a lot of fucking money. But it, not that high. And and the main weight of this is being carried by my uh, my two Orient Stars. The Orient Star GMT and the mm -hmm. new Orient Star Diver I got. Huh. 4500 huh? Yeah. Because that's, that's, I think that's my issue. I have like a bunch of watches that I really do like. Um, but like they're not that expensive, which doesn't really factor me liking or not liking them. But it's just taking up so much room and space uh, to where I don't know. I just I just don't want this many watches anymore, dude. You could you could easily buy brand spanking new an Omega Seamaster coaxial Master <laughs> Chronometer Diver three hundred. The and new just, one, blue just, dial. Just sh shut the door on the whole thing, dude. Blue dial with that like deep engraved ceramic. Yeah. Oh. I could buy. Uh, I could buy a Braemont Supermarine. You could do that too. I could get like the Waterman or something, or, or whatever the fuck is called. Yeah. That's the that, that's the fun. That's the next fun step in this exercise. That's why so many people like gravitate to what they don't have. Hmm. It is fun. It is fun in that. It's like uh, it's window shopping. Yeah. You know, but window shopping that you can potentially uh, turn into actual shopping if you go through the process of like, you know, selling watches and stuff like that. But honestly, I included watches in my list of like, like accumulating prices and shit here that I, I don't think I could ever sell. Like I, so I, I, the way I was going to kind of frame my take on it ultimately is that if I were to try and be a one watch collector, I don't think it's possible to be a one watch collector, but I think it's possible for me to have one everyday watch and then watches I keep as part of my sort of like um, collection. Because I think that's where, uh, at least for me, a lot of the guilt comes from where I have these watches and um, I purchased them with the idea of them being like everyday watches, but I obviously don't wear them every day. I, you have so many everyday watches. Exactly. Maybe it's not one watch collection. <laughs> it's one everyday watch. And then like, you know, a catered collection of like five or six very special pieces that, that have those stories that we're talking about that attract us to a lot. Of, so like obviously the Slava Medical is in there. Christmas Chrono uh you know is in there as well so like stuff that has you know you could still be a collector 
without trying to pull the wool over your own eyes and be like, I'm going to wear all 40 of these watches every day. You know what I mean? Which is like not, not fucking real. Yeah, dude, we have, we have swapped watches midday before. <laughs> I have. It's I totally too late have. for us. <laughs> we are hopeless in this endeavor. Um, maybe as an maybe as an experiment, maybe as an experiment, maybe I can be. Um, what was the name of that guy that did the supersize me thing? Where the he's McDonald's, McDonald's thing? Mc yeah. Yeah. What was, what was that guy's name? Don Cheadle? No. What was that guy's name? Morgan Furlock. Morgan Furlock. Morgan. Morgan Spagorgan. Listen, <laughs> it's Massim Kirza. No, I think it's Morgan Spurlock. <laughs> That sounds right. Yeah, that's the guy. Morgan okay. Maybe I can do. Maybe I can. Maybe I can pull a, a, an orological Morgan Spurlock. <laughs> that sounds funny. like such a fake name. It's a very. It's a, it's a. It's like that's like a that's like a like a fake name you make up on your taxes. I'm Morgan Spurlock, <laughs> a Vietnam veteran, and all my children are uh, handicapped. It's just like what? Jesus. And we're all also Vietnam veterans. <laughs> oh my god. Um, maybe, maybe I should, maybe I should take one for the team, get rid of all my watches and just have one watch for a month. You can't do it, man. Don't, don't do it until you see Rob do it. <laughs> if we see Rob, his channel like disappears, like goes into hiding <laughs> in a cave because he publishes like every day. Yeah, he posts, he posts like mad. I don't know. It's, it's like, just, um, what if something happened to him? <laughs> I hope Rob's okay. <laughs> That's scary, man. Taking one for the team. I don't know, cause I just I know I know I will be happier in the long run. But it's just like, so it's how really, do you so, know that? I don't know. I just have a feeling, Michael. I have a feeling. You know, just like how I can feel away the COVID nineteen crisis. I have a feeling <laughs> you know you know what's funny i think i i feel like the one watch thing used to be more attractive to me and less mm -hmm. attractive to you and now we've completely switched totally swapped yeah you're you're 100 we're totally swapped yeah we've done the old tbws switcheroo i listen you know? to i like following matt jacobson he's like one of those i think he's a facebook guy who mm -hmm. is into watches and he's done a couple podcasts and he said um a dozen he's okay. he's he's really into like no clutter minimalism like part of the reason that i like cut back on like my nikon with like several lenses and just got that fuji mm -hmm. like he's you know was part of like the whole like one camera idea yeah uh, which yeah, i think yeah. he's i think he's talked about before but i like coming up with a number like a dozen or 10 or something like that and that's what seems like a lot. That's what I've been shooting for. I can fit ten in this box. It's kind of funny. It's I have my box and I put my feet on it all day when I work. That's <laughs> also what it's good for. Um, but I'd I'd like to fill that up with just stuff that I like. I I I I, I gotta disagree with the twelve watch or ten watch thing. I like the idea of one, one everyday watch. One everyday. Then, I mean, and then six sentimental pieces i don't know why then you have a then that's not a one watch collection no but it's one everyday watch okay i'm not trying to bullshit myself on like oh yeah i'll wear you know what i'm saying 
So this is also some. If you want to take one for the team, this is something that I've thought about as well. I have thought about because we we do have when we open like a Chase account, you're like, oh, mm. you can get this one that comes with a a free safety deposit box. A lot of bank banks will do that. Okay. So we we do have like a tiny little safety deposit box um, for like documents and and whatever. So I have thought about driving to Chase just with like. Like a case of watches. Like a duffel like, bag just full of loose watches. <laughs> like sticking everything in there. Okay. And like really forcing myself. Because maybe that's what it would be if you had your one everyday watch and like six other sentimental ones. Those others should not really be that accessible to you. Yeah. Well, because I think... Like I you're going to so- go out for your anniversary dinner so then you drive to the bank. <laughs> And you pull out the Slava or the Big Zero or something. Yeah. Well, it's interesting also because as you were talking, I just had the realization. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I was answering the question as you were asking. I'm like, yeah, if I put them in the deposit box and they're not going to be near me, you know, it won't be that big of a deal because I'll realize I won't actually miss them. But then I realized that I was a fucking liar. <laughs> Remember when I sold my Orient Star GMT? Yeah. I fucking missed the shit out of that It's a dark watch. time. That's a dark time in Cass's history. I sold that watch. It was gone. And I missed it every day. I actually missed it uh, every day. And I was, luckily, I was lucky enough to, to buy it back. The same watch I sold, I had the opportunity to, to buy it back. So the question is, is that me? Does that mean that the, GMT, the Orient Star GMT is obviously a watch that's staying in the collection or do i have the inability to not miss a watch get rid of that one you know what Um, i mean what was what was is there another watch that you've sold that you you kind of miss still the brew uh uh quartz chronograph remember the Mm -hmm. black brew quartz chronograph with uh rose gold uh, details yeah yeah i got rid of that um, I wasn't wearing it, and I got rid of it because of that. And um, but I do miss it. I do miss every now and then being like, you know what? I want to wear something that's just like really fucking cool and just totally different from everything else I own. Um, <clears throat> so I don't have that watch anymore, and I do miss it. Uh, I got rid of the uh, Seiko Samurai Blue Lagoon. I don't necessarily miss it. I don't miss wearing it, but I miss I miss seeing it in my watch box, but like not to the point where I'm like hurt, you know. Um, I sold the remember the old Steverald bronze Steverald bronze more. Oh my gosh, yeah, I forgot yeah. you had that. Yeah. I sold that. I don't really miss that watch. It was fun to have uh, for a bit. I had it for I don't know, like a year, maybe less than a year or so. Um, so I don't really miss that watch. I do kind of miss having like a bronze watch, you know. Ugh. Um, <laughs> that's all you <laughs> uh, but yeah so I don't know I just I think so I will agree with you I don't think we can be a one watch like collector I don't think we can just have uh, one watch unless we want to be extraordinarily cruel to ourselves me being extraordinarily cruel to myself would be selling Big Zero Selling the Slava yeah. Medical, selling the seven zero zero two that you gave me, selling the new Orient Star Diver that I got, um, excessively cruel to myself, and then just getting one watch and then um, 
having that and then having like an eternal flame in my room to the memory of all the lost watches. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would um, really feel like I was hurting myself if I sold the Doxa and the Speedmaster. Yeah, dude. You know? <laughs> like the Panera, but, the Panera I can go even with like the story that it has. But, but like would the, you... Those other two? Would the joy or potential bliss that you'd have <laughs> from buying one watch to having one watch outweigh... Uh, the pain and loss that you had from the, the previous watches. I don't you know think what so. I, mean? I don't because mm. there's there's something unique that I feel when I have the Speedmaster on. There's something very unique that I feel when I have the Doxa on. Um, and I don't really feel that with, like, even if I had something absurd on my wrist, it's still yeah. not. It's still not the Doxa. Do you know? Do you know when it would sink in for me when I realized when I would have realized I'd made a mistake if I sold everything? Do you know? Because I, I, I just I went through the, the visual process in my head and it was a very very particular moment. Do you know what the moment is that I would realize I made a mistake? I would say the big zero. Well, uh, well, the big zero, yeah. But like the moment that I would realize after everything was sold, I'd made a mistake is when I went to where I kept all my watches and. Both boxes are empty. <laughs> yeah. The cleaning cloth. So I have a cleaning cloth in front of my two boxes where I keep watches in normal rotation that I wear. That cleaning cloth would be totally empty. It would mm-hmm. be like someone robbed me. Yeah. You know? That's when I think it'd be like, fuck, I think I made a huge <laughs> mistake. <laughs> also, I think it's probably too late for you when you've done 170 podcast episodes about watches. <laughs> <laughs> like since 2016. Um, yeah, <laughs> too late for us. But maybe if you this is the just, life that we've chosen. But maybe if you're just starting on your on your horological journey, uh, we can offer some insight in that. Don't buy a ton of watches. You don't need to buy a ton of watches. I think you'll be thankful in the long run if you are more thoughtful. You know, with how you. With how you collect, um, unless for some reason you want like a, like a ton of watches, like you get off on having two hundred watches, then whatever, you know what I mean. Um, but if anything we've said resonates with you, you know, might want to consider not getting a ton of watches, not falling into the pitfall that we fell into because it's super, it's super easy. It's you know what I mean to get just like a lot of watches. It's very easy, especially when. You have blogs like ours telling you how you can get a ton of value for your money. <laughs> Maybe I'll just do it. Maybe I'll just do it and then just just stuff stuff the pain the pain down of that of selling all my watches. Maybe maybe I'll sell all my watches, get that Omega CMS professional with the ceramic and the deep blah blah blah, blah and then and then just be done with it. What do you think? What would the world be like? If Kaz from TBWS no longer owned the Christmas Chrono, one of the most iconic TBWS watches. That's true. Yeah. What would the world look like? It's not a world I want to live in. It's not a world. I don't think it's a world I want to live in, man. You know? Or the Slavin Medical. I don't know. Maybe I'll try and do the one everyday watch, six collection watch thing. So that's I, I kind of feel like that's an ideal number, <clears throat> much like much like what I pitched with the the dozen or the ten. I think at a certain point, you get to a number of watches that's just unwearable. There's no way you can properly wear twelve watches to the point where you can justify 
owning it. What if one of those watches, for some reason, is like a fifteen hundred or two thousand dollar watch, and you haven't worn it in two months? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could it's, be in that could be in your IRA. That could be your, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> but with six watches, I'll probably wear every single one. You know, over the course of two months, I could do that with ten. Orga- organically, organically. Like I know, obviously, you'd be like, "I'm gonna wear this for three days and this for three days," but like for me, I don't like scheduling when I wear watches because it's like creating a spreadsheet for sex times. Like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna have sex on Wednesday, yeah. and then Thursday morning, unless you have a phone. Call, you know what I mean? And it's just like you get the, the the magic and the luster is gone. We're idealists at hearts, and so I don't want to. It's on want, the calendar. You, you know what I'm saying? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like. I don't want to plan the watches that I wear. I want to, <laughs> I want to be uh, caught up in the inspirative passion, mm. so pricketh them in their garages. I want to be taken up in this, the heat of the moment. Um, I don't know if there are any other Chaucer friends, the Chaucer fans out there, but um, but like you know what I mean. Like so, like I know you could have twelve watches and like say I'm gonna wear this watch for two, this one, and you could do that. But for me, that's not fun. You know. Next so, week. Next week, I will put a grilled cheese in the safety deposit box. You got to make it there. You got to bring in like a hot plate. And you got to make it there. <laughs> oh, boy. So can then I, just, I, I, just, I kind of... You, oh, sorry. I, I forced I forced the, the Seamaster on you. That I, I never really asked what you would do if you did liquidate everything. So if I sold everything... So if I went the route of selling everything and buying one watch, what would I buy? The question. Yeah. Uh, so I thought about that like early on when we, while we were recording. And it's one of those things where if I'm going to have one watch, it can't be a big watch. Even if it's comfortable, it mm-hmm. can't be a big watch. So an example would be like a Seiko Sumo is a very large watch, 44 millimeters, 51.5 lug to lug. So is, the, so is the Supermarine. So is the Supermarine. But yes, yeah, so I was going to say that immediately knocks the super, Supermarine out of contention. Because the thing is, even if a big watch is comfortable, there can be moments while you're wearing it where a big watch is always a big watch. You hit yeah. it against the door. Maybe you uh, are like, I don't know, sweating and the weight of the watch pulls itself. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be reminded that I'm wearing... Uh, a large watch i want to be able to know i'm wearing a watch when i need to rely on that watch to do what it needs to do and that's tell me the fucking time or you know whatever the fuck you wear a watch for you know so a big watch could not do it so that would knock out the bremont super ring because that's a fucking it's a 14 millimeters thick mm-hmm. yeah it's a <clears throat> fucking mondo burger of a watch it's a big mac it's a crabby patty crabby patty <laughs> Um, so what would the, so the so that so that would be in the watch the everyday watch it would have to be something that was obviously appropriate for everyday wear so nothing like nothing specifically super dressy but still something that I could wear you know like a physical situation or if I'm like I don't know running upstairs to hide from people which is a very common occurrence for me or if I'm like going to like a business meeting. Or if I'm going to a nice dinner, or if I'm fucking just like going for a walk with my wife, and this is this is you gotta go with me here. Truthfully, I don't know if I could get it for forty five hundred, but I think like on before they got glitzy, like one of those thirty nine millimeter um, 
explorers. I mean, it's not really that glitzy. Isn't it super polished and it's, shiny? I mean, so were the old ones. Hmm. They, had, they had a lot of polished surface. So you would go for a 39 modern. Um, the modern, yeah, 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 sorry, the modern one. Because 36 might be a little too small for every day. But 39. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, I know it can rely on it. Obviously, it's going to fucking work in like a dress situation. But mm. you know what's funny? In me saying that, I'm not in love with it. Yeah. It's just because it fills those stupid requirements. Like, I don't think a watch exists <laughs> that could fill those requirements and still, like, spark joy. Maybe that's why we have to have multiple <laughs> watches. There's one on David SW for... What is this? 6875 So if I sold all my watches and then put extra cash into it. Yeah. But again, that doesn't like spark joy, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like, I'm not excited. Like, yeah, that could be my one watch, but like, <clears throat> I don't think I'd be excited to wear it. I think it's too late for us, man. I think it's actually, I think, I think we got a taste of polygamy and there's just <laughs> no way we can <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what would you do what watch let's say you sold it because we haven't talked about how much I gave my number I don't know your number is obviously going to be very like like not very but your, your number is going to be much higher just because of all the Seikos you got um, just the Panera <clears throat> and the Speedmaster uh, you know and, and the Dachshund themselves those four watches are probably what my watches but if you sold everything what this is very do? this is very intimate, by the way. You won't find this on any other podcast. Let's see. Yeah, just just everyone's clear. This is proper horological bar talk. This is proper wristwatch bar talk. We haven't created this podcast uh, with the idea of like creating content and selling content. We created this we created this podcast because um, I guess other podcasts just bored us at the time, and just it's the only way Michael and I have maintained our friendship, right? What do I got on here? Because uh, if we, because we live across the country from each other now, if we didn't have this conversation every week, we wouldn't talk. Let's see. So that's what's in the box. Sorry. Do you have your headphones on? Yeah, I do. I do have my headphones. On. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> I was listening to you. Good, good, good. good. Um, what Seikos are here? Uh, I shouldn't talk to you while you're doing math. I'm sorry. I'll, 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 no, I'll no, you, 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 you can keep talking. Um, let's see. Yeah, I don't think the Rolex Explorer would. Some, some of these are pretty quick sellers, so I can do what is this? Two fifty. Let's see. There's some stuff that's just not gonna sell. Like I have some micros in here that do not exist anymore, and no one's gonna give me like a dollar for it. Um, <laughs> okay. So I'm not gonna count these. So we can we can have a box of watches you sell and a box of watches you give to Goodwill. I'm gonna do this because I love you guys. Um, fourteen five. You could get your GMT Master on Jubilee, right? For fourteen five. God, that's embarrassing, dude. <laughs> but 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 you could, couldn't you? You could find one for that price, right? Or am I totally fucking wrong? I mean, yeah, you can. But but would that spark joy for you? If it's, that was your it's, only watch? it's exactly it's exactly what you said. It's like I don't. I'm not going to have the feeling that I have anymore when I have the Doxa. Yeah. 
when I just put that on and I'm like, yeah, this is fine. So maybe one watch collection isn't the route to go, but a reduced collection is a problem. Yeah, like I said, that's that's what I've that's what I've been shooting for. Yeah. I gotta sell some fucking watches. <laughs> yeah, so do I. We talked about this um I think at some point it'd be really fun to do a TBWS episode where it's the TBWS fire sale. Yeah, we were because we were talking about how appropriate that is right now. Right now, no. This is a, this is an inappropriate time to uh, to do that. L- just because, load up on Seikos. <laughs> yeah, it's not a time to load up on Seikos. Just because I mean, also just realistically, I don't want to put someone in a pot- potential FOMO position when they might be struggling with finances because around the world and especially yeah. here in the U.S., Michael and I are in the United States. People are struggling um, financially hardcore, so it's unfair of us to do anything like that now. Um, but eventually down the road, um, I'm open to it because we were. It's funny, Michael and I were talking about one of the other impediments to us being one watch people or reduced collection people is that selling watches fucking sucks. I hate it. It's so fucking annoying. You could go on Watch You Seek or on fucking Reddit or on one of these places and you could like create like a listing and put time in great photos and say, you know, 500 bucks or like offer your proper bottom dollar. Like, oh, I'm selling this SKX. It's got to go quick great condition i just don't want it you know 100 bucks which is like an incredible price for like a skx 007 if it's not mm-hmm. been shoot on yeah you know um you will inevitably as the sun rises as inevitable as it is someone will say will dm you and be like i'll give you 50 bucks for it it's like <laughs> you fucking piece of shit Everyone, and a boss metal zone <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you $55 and my DS9. It's like, what? Ugh, dude. Can we also call it now? I'm pretty sure the boss DS9 is everyone's first distortion pedal. Or overdrive pedal, right? Was that your first? That was my first. That's the orange one, right? The orange one. Dude, Steve Vai still uses that thing. That's a great pedal. Steve Vai can do whatever Steve Vai wants. Yeah, that's true. As far as I'm concerned. <laughs> he, 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 can the man, play, he can play the through man, a toaster. The man created Tender Surrender. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> that's a good All point. Right. As far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I, it's, it sucks selling watches. And so Michael and I were like, oh, what do we do? You know, how are we going to sell? And then it occurred to us, oh, wait, we have a podcast where thousands of people listen mm-hmm. uh, constantly yeah. and a website. Let's just... Let's just sell our own collection yeah. through our own means. So that's the where the idea of the TBWS. Fuck, as I dropped my pen, whatever. We we won't. Let's not publicize it now. But if you are in a position where you've maybe we've talked about something that you're into, um, maybe you can email us. For now, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, but like, this, I don't want to put someone in that position right now, just because there's so, especially in the U.S., there's so much uncertainty with the. Yeah, people's jobs and the economy and everything like that. But um, but yeah, but just know in the future we will do a proper. I think it's the only way, man. A TVWS fire sale episode. Everything, everything must we're that go. Lazy. <laughs> because we're that lazy. Fuck it. it takes because time we're that to lazy. make one listing, dude. Oh, it takes time to have make one listing and have someone fucking lowball you for twenty five bucks and like uh and like a fucking like a you know Armani watch that like their mom gave them for their eighteenth birthday. Mm-hmm. Or like the inevitable, you'll say you know two hundred bucks, uh, final price. You know no trades. The like, oh well, will you trade for what? What part of no trades? Like there's no. If I say no trades 
for $200 watch. There's no watch that you could offer me which would inspire me so much to rescind on my no trades tag. Unless you want to trade me your fucking Ulis Narden freak for my $200 Seiko. Then yeah, I'll trade you that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Otherwise, I don't want to fucking trade you. Sorry, I'm really pissed off right now because it's just like, it sucks selling watches. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's going to be the way to do it, man. I think, I don't think, so the conclusions that we have reached, it's not possible for Michael and I to be one watch people because we just went through the mental exercise <clears throat> of imagining the one perfect watch and it just, it didn't spark joy. I mean, we'd have to like stop the podcast. We could probably still do the podcast, but it would be a really fucking boring wrist check every day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kaz, what are you wearing? The same fucking thing I was wearing last week. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I mean, it'd be yeah. a really fucking boring risk check. Um, so that's thing. Uh, so that's one of the takeaways. You know, we can't be one watch people, but we do recognize the collection has to be reduced to pieces that um, are more thoughtfully uh, and mindfully chosen. Right. Um, yeah, I think I think that's an interesting note to kind of uh, start. I mean, wind, winding it down on. So let us know your thoughts on this. Uh, follow Random Rob on YouTube. Follow his journey because if he's really doing this, I think it's going to be uh, very insightful for. He's he's very much becoming orological Christ right now. He's he's taking one for the team. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> for God, for, for forgive them, they know not what they do. I'll sell all my watches. Did he say what his one watch was going to be or no? He says that he's really into that, um, that new Air King, the one that people don't like. Hey, there you go. Whatever, which, which is pretty cool, I think. Yeah, you do you. So keep an eye on Rob. Um, let us know your thoughts on this week's show. Let us know your thoughts on if this is something you've tried to do or something that you also struggle with. Um, really looking, to, looking forward to hearing people's thoughts and opinions just on this struggle because I think it's something that we either, as a group, as an entire watch family, we either need to go for the whole one watch collection thing or just up the fuck up about it and be happy with having multiple watches. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. So I heard it. I think my cat's somewhere near me. I heard it meow. Um, any other points that I'm missing there? It was so, but yeah, in addition to that, go and check out the site, twobookwatchnoms.com. A lot of really cool press stuff on there. In addition to that, go and check out Scurfer Watch's uh, Instagram page for the the sea, the sea, the, the treasure seeker. Treasure seeker. That's the one thing I don't like about the why is the fucking watch. It says the word treasure seeker. It says Submariner on the dial. <sighs> yeah, but I think this is only bothering you. <laughs> treasure seeker. Like I'm not I'm not gonna fucking strap the watch on and seek treasure. Like it's like it's just it's whatever, it doesn't matter. It's the Captain I, Jack Sparrow. Yeah, unless unless you're fucking unless you're fucking Captain Jack Sparrow. I don't think you need to wear a watch that says treasure. <laughs> no one's going to strap this to their wrist and fucking skin dive 200 meters uh, and survive somehow and fucking seek treasure. That's the next uh, social media challenge. Seek treasure. <laughs> It'll be like the cinnamon challenge where like people died or whatever. Didn't people die with the cinnamon <laughs> challenge? I tried it. It was not fun. Yeah, it's not fun. <laughs> it's like eating just a bunch of sawdust. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Or the milk challenge. You just chug, chug a gallon of milk. That's dangerous. That's very dangerous. Actually. What I love is like what I love is like people like, oh, if you chug a gallon of milk, it's not good for your system. If I chug a gallon of anything, it's not good for my system. Yeah. I could chug a gallon of water, my system's not really gonna enjoy that very much. Mm-hmm. 
You know, I'll be wearing my drink a few chugs in. Um, what are we talking about? This is, this is the podcast. This is, this is the Tubo Quest podcast. Um, let us know your thoughts on this week's show. Let us know your thoughts on the whole one watch struggle. Keep an eye out on Random Rob. Keep an eye on Scruffle Watches for this treasure seeker piece. It's fucking gorgeous. The name just needs to be off the dial. Um, go and check out the Tubo Quest. I'm talking about all the press stuff. I'm losing my train of thought. Is that it? I'm forgetting it. It'll be good. Think you got it all? I think we got it all. Is it that time? Is it that sad time? Yeah, until next week. I want to go. We hope this helps. We hope this helps. It's helping me. Yeah. Selfishly, it's helping me. Um, here, let's do it. I'm ready. Thanks for listening, guys. My name is Mike. And this is Kaz. You have <clears throat> been listening to Two Broke Watch Snobs. Later. Later.